Hey everybody, this is Kaysen, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids, this is Titans Talk with Kaysen, an unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just said unofficial. Oh my gosh, you're right, it's official. <laughs> it's official. Yeah, it's official. Okay. I'm so used to saying unofficial. And joining me today, as always, my co-host, my mom. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? High five to the officially official second episode with the Tennessee Titans. Crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, we went to a football game on Sunday and we lost. Yeah, uh, definitely unfortunate, Um, but shout out to the Cardinals. They played out of their minds. They deserve to win. Kyler Murray all over the field. Yeah, definitely. crazy. Definitely consideration for MVP. DeAndre Hopkins was amazing. Already? Week one, MVP? Okay. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was good, but it was just week one. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, DeAndre Hopkins was pretty good. Definitely balled out, and so did J.J. Watt, who we remember from his days in Houston, mm-hmm. and it, that was it was unfortunate to see him again, but it was amazing <laughs> how he played. He played definitely played pretty good. Yep, and we won't have to see those guys for another four years, so that's oh, a God. very good thing. <laughs> yep, uh, and again, shout out to the Cardinals. You guys played great. Yeah. As I heard the great Mike Keith say on the radio this week, um, it was just a bad day at the office. Yeah. And that happens to every team. Yeah. Um, do you remember last year when um, the Bucks were getting all this hot? They signed the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Um, they had Mike Evans and all these receivers that were ready to go. And then mm-hmm. they got punched in the mouth in their first game. That's right. That's right. They did. And... What wound up happening to them last season? They won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so there's a chance. There's hope. We're not giving up yet. Yep. Right. Uh, still plenty of season left. And with an extra game, that helps. Right? Totally. We're going to be sharing a little bit uh, from time to time things that the Titans have going on. And this just happens to be a pretty cool thing. It's uh, found on the TennesseeTitans.com website. It's under Titans Community News, and we just thought that, well, this just really needed to be shared. Yeah. There's something really cool going on for one local Middle Tennessee high school football team. On Thursday, September 16th, Nissan Stadium will host the White House Blue Devils and the Waverly Central Tigers as Waverly Central High School continues to recover from the late August flooding that destroyed its football facilities. Kickoff is scheduled for 7 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, it's um, something that happened last month. They, The city of Waverly, 17 inches of rain fall on them in six hours, and there were lives lost and lots of destruction. And so the entire Titans radio broadcast team, including recent Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame inductee Mike Keith, the voice of the Tennessee Titans, and veteran NFL coach Dave Coach Mac McGinnis. We love Coach Mac. Yeah, we do. We love Mike. Who Keith. doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, they will both call the game on Titans Radio flagship station 1045 The Zone. And pregame coverage with Amy Wells. She is fabulous. And the incomparable Rhett Bryan, that begins at 6 p.m. 
and the funds will be raised for the team's recovery efforts through donations to TennesseeTitans.com slash donate to Waverly. And those wishing to support the team in person can register for a free ticket to go to the game at NissanStadium.com. And we will have links for those in the show notes. So we're just going to jump into a really quick NFL football fast fact. According to OnThisDay.com, on November 6th, 1929, the Providence Steamroller became the first NFL team to host a game at night under floodlights. They lost 16-0 to the Chicago Cardinals at the Cyclodrome in Providence, Rhode Island. I guess this was the first NFL primetime game. <laughs> I guess so, but they didn't have they didn't have television. Nope. So, <laughs> so. it would just be listening to the radio like, First and ten for the Providence Steamroller. Oh, yes. Yes, that would be, oh, that would have been awesome. Did you do that game? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> Um, but I didn't even know, I kind of forgot that there was a team in Rhode Island. Yeah, I honestly had no idea. And if then you look it, back on the NFL's history, they've had teams in crazy places. Yeah, we'll have to do a, um, I'd love to do a little episode on that. That would oh, be yeah. fun. But it made me think the Chicago Cardinals, do you think that the Arizona Cardinals were originally the Chicago Yeah, they Cardinals? were. Oh, when do, I wonder when they, hmm, we'll have to dive deep into that one. But that's pretty cool. Well, we're kind of back to a returning segment. It used to be known as the fifth graders forecast, graduated to the sixth graders forecast, and now everyone get ready for the seventh graders forecast. Forecast, forecast, forecast. (laughs) I think that's called a death stare. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm always going to be your crazy mom with all the sound effects, but you're going to tell us what's coming up this week against Seattle. Oh, yeah. And uh, what are the keys to the game? Oh, yeah. So, one of my first keys is pursue and sack. Russell Wilson, even though he's pretty old, is, one of the, is still a mobile quarterback and he knows how to scramble. How old is he? Uh, gosh, I don't know, but I know he's been playing in the league for a long time. Like 50? No, he's not that old. <laughs> well, when I hear old, you're, you know, but it's not 50 because... I think he's in his Somebody 30s. very close to your heart yeah. is 50. <laughs> your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, even though he has been playing in the league for a long time and he hasn't been really been known for being that mobile... He can still move around in the pocket and get out when he needs to. So the Titans defense need to needs to contain the outside while still putting pressure on the inside. And uh, if they can, maybe get a couple sacks. That'd be good. Oh, that would be so great. We had one sack that last game, and that was by Big Jeff. Yeah, good job, Big Jeff. Yes, thank you. We need more. What did you call it with Kyler Murray? You want to see grass stains on his jersey? Yeah. Yeah, we'd like that. I want to see that with Russell Wilson. Yeah, and not on Ryan's jersey. Nope. No, thank you. Um, so my second key is, um, ball out offense. Mm-hmm. Um, our offense, they struggled a little bit against Arizona's defense and they're going to be facing an equally tough defense in the NFC West. Seattle's defense did a really good job shutting down Indy's defense, holding them just to 16 points and coming away with the victory. If the Titans want to get this win, then they're going to have to, um, then Tannehill's just going to have to drop some dimes. AJ's, AJ and Julio are going to have to 
make some pretty cool catches, maybe moss someone, I don't know. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. And then Derek Henry can do his signature Steph arm. Here for all of it. I actually kind of have four keys for this. So oh, another one is yeah. no line, no shine. No line, no shine? Yeah. Tell me about that. Okay, so the offensive line, they struggled a little bit in the last game. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> nice. Um, providing protection for Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And Seattle's up front is pretty tough. If you've if you've seen some of their previous games, they've gotten some great they've gotten some great draft picks and um some great free agents to help them out. And the O line's just gonna have to be as strong as they can against the Seattle front and shut them down. Absolutely. My final key okay. is make it through Lumen Field. And that's weird as that sounds. Here's what I'm saying. So Seattle's fans, if you didn't know, are some of the loudest in the league besides ours. They're and they're almost as loud as um. I mean, their stadiums like uh like in the top, ranked nationally in like um the loudest stadiums. Really? Yeah, wow. along with Arrowhead hmm. uh, in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the crowd likes to get loud. They like to get rowdy and. Uh, maybe the Titans' offense could maybe in defense can maybe silence them. I would love the sound of silence in Seattle, in Seattle on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> even though raining. we're not going to be there, but you know we would be. And the rain will just make it worse. Yeah, exactly. Rain on their parade—that's what they say. I think. Awesome. I like it. So, how many keys did you wind up with? It sounded like there were five. Oh, okay. High five. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. We are so glad you're here. But if you have listened to our show before during the 2020 season, you'll know that Kaysen has a very deep admiration, we'll say that, for the Titans uniforms. And he, you know, you just really love them. Yeah. They're really great combinations. And we have a little special intro we're going to play for you right now. This is Jim White of TennesseeTitans.com, and this week's Britches Report is... White Jersey and White Britches. That's right. We have Mr. Jim Wyatt's Britches Report. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Sorry. I know how much you love that Stormtrooper look, right? Yeah. Well, I have this audio clip that we pulled from uh, our previous episode where we had a conversation with Jim, and he talked about... The uh, uniform combo that he likes, also why they choose this specific combination only for indoor arenas. Check it out. Um, uh, I like the the all white look on the road. Uh, you know the uh, that they just wore against Minneapolis. Uh, I think that that's the team's more likely to wear that when it's in an indoor stadium playing on turf than maybe when they're playing outside on grass, you know, part of the reason I think is just because they're so, I think hard to clean those white bridges. Uh, they get the grass stains and stuff out. So a lot of times I think that's why you'll see them wear the blue, Navy blue uh, on the road. And I think the players like the Navy blue pants bridges, I should say a little bit better. Uh, I think the big linemen think that the all white makes them, doesn't make them look as in good a shape as they uh, as they are. I like the old school navy blue tops with the whites, uh, but they don't wear that much. And uh, I like the all blue. I like the light blue is a good look. But if I had to say, I'd say navy blue top, white britches, and on the road, all white. 
Huge shout out to Mr. Jim Wyatt for sharing that with us. And be sure to check out all of his excellent work on TennesseeTitans.com. Anything you need to know about what's going on currently, what's happened last week, what's going on next week, he's got you covered. Yeah. Oh, and he's also on Twitter and Instagram at Sports. And of course, we want to make mention of some uniform statistics because we love them. And they come to us from Titans Uni Tracker. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Titans Uni. So since the Titans redesigned the uniform in 2018, we have worn the all-white combination five times. We wore it twice last season and we were 2-0. And also... The white jersey, since the redesign, the statistics there are we're 16 and 11. And within those statistics, we are 12 and 8 while we're away when we've been wearing them. And the record for the bridge, the white britches is 6 and 3 since the redesign. So, so I'm going to look at this as kind of like a good sign for Sunday. What do you think? Yep. High five to that. Well, we have another super episode this week. We have a conversation with a creative dynamic duo that we recorded in March of this year. And we are super excited to share it with you now. So anyone out there listening, have you ever wondered, like, have you ever watched a Titans hype video and have ever wondered how they make it? How do they create these awesome videos, blood pumping videos? (laughs) Want to make you run through a wall videos? Yep. So today, uh, these two special guests have a big role in that, making these, yes. making those videos. Mm-hmm. They, they are the dudes. Yes, they are the dudes. They came over to our house to film our very special super fan series. Uh, we were part of the super fan series mm-hmm. for the Titans, so that was awesome. And we will make sure to put a link in the show notes for that in case you have not seen it yet. We had a really cool experience. Uh, the Titans sent over these two guys that they're magicians, in my opinion, just really amazing filmmakers, digital creators. We filmed in October of 2020, and we had this really great experience. We were socially distanced. We had our furniture set up on our patio. We were actually sitting outside, and we opened up the patio doors, and they were sitting inside. And so it was just really amazing to have them here, and and we're lucky to have them on the show today. Who do we have? They are Bill Flanagan and Matt Unger, digital content creation crew for the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) Yeah, these guys are just amazing. And we had a chance to talk with them about what the 2020 season looked like for them, the challenges and the highlights and what they are working on this coming season and what they're doing in the off season. So we hope you enjoy this episode. If you love this show, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Titans Talk with Kason. Send us a DM. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. Tell us where you're listening from and we might just mention you in a future episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy our conversation with Bill Flanagan and Matt Unger.
This episode is a part of the My Life As series where I get to talk with people in the sports industry that I think have really cool jobs and share these with my listener. We're lucky to have two guests in the virtual studio with us who happen to work together for the Tennessee Titans. In my opinion, the Titans have the best hype videos and digital media content in the NFL. I know with these videos, they usually make me really want to seriously run through a wall. I get so excited about these videos. Yeah, no kidding. Joining us today are two guys behind the scenes that help bring the hype to the people. From the Tennessee Titans creative content and event production team, Bill Flanagan and Matt Unger. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Bill and Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us on, guys. This is awesome. Absolutely. Happy to be here. It's going to be a fun one. Oh my gosh, yeah. We're so excited. So can you uh, share with our listener what your role is with the Titans? Sure. So I could start. Uh, This is Bill speaking here. I am a a video content producer for the Tennessee Titans. So anything you see, you know, our fans, our followers that you see on our social media channels or, you know, television or website uh, from a video standpoint um, that I am behind I, I'm one of our team members behind creating that content so behind the camera filming you know producing it coming up with ideas editing um and then you know communicating with our uh social media producer uh Nate Bain who you guys had on the show uh had on the show a little a little earlier um about you know where that content's going to live on our social media channels and how we're going to get it out to our fans. Amazing, yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll defer to Bill going first on these. He's got a little bit, a couple more years on me uh, with the Titans. Um, I'm going to read off my nameplate here actually because I just got it back to me and I have my home office set up even becoming better. Um, I'm an associate producer, digital media content technically. That's my title. Um, but I focus majority uh, most of my time on making social media content. Um, I work pretty closely with Nate uh, that Bill already mentioned um, on a lot of different video content ideas. And I'd say my primary focus is more social, but I'm also helping out with, you know, TV shows, any sort of uh, commercials you see, um, and then, you know, community and anything that you need, uh, Bill and I will be there to help out and shoot it. So, yeah. So we, we, to, to put it in simpler terms, Matt and I are the ones that are creating the content. We're the ones that are actually making it. That sounds that sounds like a lot you guys do. How do you keep up with that stuff? Oh man, it's it's a team effort for sure. I mean, you know, a lot goes into to making a video. You know, even if it's just like a, a thirty second video or a fifteen second video, you know, the uh, that you see on on social media. You know, a lot goes into that planning wise. Um, you know, creating a concept and an idea for it. Um, so it's, it's really a team effort, you know, it's a lot of work to do individually. So that's why, you know, for example, when we, we came out and, uh, did that, the fan feature on you guys, you know, it was Matt and I together, right. It'd be, it'd be hard to do by yourself. So, uh, working together as a team is, is really important. Um, and so, you know, putting creative minds together is, is, you know, really, uh, an important part of, of making the content that we produce. Yeah, I'd echo what Bill says. It certainly takes a village uh, to do what we do. I mean, you know, we got Brian Myers, who's one of our coworkers. He's big. He was big on setting up our virtual hard drive space that we now have access to. And we got David Schindler, who's our our boss, uh, who we directly uh, report to, and he's big on getting us connections in the community and uh, building out storylines. And then uh, Surf Melendez, VP at the top. It's a, everyone's involved and has a hand in in the um, in the process. I would say. Um, but a lot of, honestly, the biggest key 
to keeping everything kind of under one uh, umbrella and keeping it like cohesive and making it flow is just being organized. You got to be organized. Organi- organization and preparation, I would say, are probably two of the biggest keys for uh, how we uh, conduct our job at a high level. So it's really goes beyond just the players on the field. The Tennessee Titans are truly a gigantic team. You just happen to have the ultimate performers on the field. Well, actually, I think everybody's the ultimate performer to make the make the game experience for the fans so amazing, like you guys do. So, wow, I'm exhausted just listening to everything that you do, and then I stand in awe. Oh my goodness! Well, it's funny. I was going to say because we're, I mean, we're just one small team within a lot of other small teams within the bigger team within an even larger team. Because, like you know, we're there's football side and there's business side, which are kind of separate, and we're just a small part of the business side. So, I mean, yeah, it certainly takes a village for sure, as I, as I said. Right, and working for an NFL team, you know, and, and the Titans in particular, you know, there's. The the team itself is here, you know, and they to entertain essentially, right? You right. go to games for entertainment and the players, you watch the players and you follow football and stuff, you know, for entertainment and enjoyment. Um, but to aid that entertainment, we have different facets of of the Titans, right? And so that's where Matt and I come into play, right? And in our, our our business. We aside from going to games and watching players, uh, you know, your favorite players play, you can also follow our social media channels and watch content on television and and our website to further engage yourself. So, um, and aside from us, you know, there's other departments that, you know, work, reach out to the community, right? So we're, we're, we're in the Titans impact the community in ways that, you know, we highlight a lot of what we do uh, in the community, but a lot of the behind the scenes stuff happens as well, um, to engage with our, our community and our fan base. Um, so it's a large, the Titans organization, um, you know, there's a lot of parts that make up the Titans as a whole. And, you know, Matt and I are fortunate enough to be in the, uh, you know, kind of the face of the Titans where, where we display, you know, who we are as an organization. So. So on that part about the reaching out with the community, there's so much going on there. What would each of you say is your uh, favorite part about the job? Oh man, that I would say my, my first answer is game day. I mean, I think that's, that's goes without saying, I mean, game day being on the field, you know, Matt and I are filming highlights on game day. Um, just the excitement around that, you know, you can't beat that, right. The energy of the crowd, the, the excitement of the team, you know, and especially if your team's, you know, doing well, like we have the Titans have in the past, you know, going to the playoffs, um, that excitement is what, you know, makes me love my job for sure. Yeah, I would echo what Bill is saying. Nothing beats literally going on that field. Like that Sunday morning, it's crisp out, like a nice crisp fall day. And you just know, like you're, you don't know what's going to happen. Like as much as football, you know, you kind of have a script to kind of know the formula for how the Titans are going to win. For instance, like you still don't know how that's going to actually fall into place. Like, but so I think that's the most exciting part is trying to be there on the spot, you know, capturing that moment. Um, like nothing, you can't really replicate, replicate the raw, like in the moment shooting. Like that's probably the purest form of like what we do. Um, but on the other side, I, I mean, I just like being a part of the team and kind of building the storylines like that the fans sort of talk about. Like we kind of, we can kind of drive that narrative, you know, which guy are we going to highlight this week? Like, why are we highlighting said guy? Um, there's a lot that goes into that. And I think like, yeah, the game, getting the best stuff on game day, and then throughout the week, be able to use that stuff in what I create. I think that's like what keeps me coming back, honestly. So amazing, amazing, totally. So, uh, so when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? 
Oh man. So since I was, when I was in first grade, I wrote a, a book. We had a, an assignment to write like a, you know, a storybook, a picture book. And <laughs> it was called Bill, Billy the Astronaut. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's like, that's like, if I could be an astronaut, I'd be an astronaut in a heartbeat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as I grew older, that, uh, you know, that didn't really become a reality, you know, and, but uh, that, that was like when I was little, but from my, you know, from my, when I could first imagine what I wanted to do as a grown up, it was, it was be an astronaut. But um, as I, you know, as I grew and, 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 you know, got older, um, other interests started to go, you know, come through like sports. I like playing sports. I played sports growing up. Um, so you know, I, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Um, and I was, you know, I was good at baseball, but again, just as, as you get older, you start to realize other options and you know what, what you can do. And, and then in high school is when I really got involved in like video production and stuff. I, uh, my brother and I, I have a, I have a, an identical twin brother and him and I, since we were in high school, we always made movies, right? Just on our home video camera. Um, and so, and then we had like projects in high school for Spanish class or English class where it was like a video assignment. So him and I would always team up and and make, you know, fun videos. And, and then when we went to college, we found that there was actually a degree you can get uh, in film and television production. So we went and pursued that. And uh, we both majored in uh, film and television production and got our degree in that. And then from there, um, you know, we worked on some movie sets and stuff and, uh, around the, we're, we're from Chicago. So we, we worked on some movie sets in Chicago and then, uh, you know, whether it's student films or independent films. Um, and then we did a, a semester out in Los Angeles and got to work for some production companies out there, um, to kind of see the movie side of things. Um, and that was kind of what our, you know, passion was from the beginning was to get into movies. And it's just funny after we graduated, um, we ended up going into television. So I, I got a job at a television production company studio in Chicago and, and they, we produced a lot of sports content. So, uh, that's kind of swung into my, you know, love for producing sports content. And then, you know, after a few years there, the Titans opportunity came up and, and here I am. So, Yeah kind of a long, long winded answer for you, but <laughs> no, that is amazing. I love to hear the journey, you know, of how you arrived, but now that NASA has taken us all to Mars, we're all kind of astronauts. So that's right. right. Yeah. You kind of fulfilled that wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Cause I was, I was going to say, I'm so similar to Bill. Like I literally was obsessed with space as a kid as well. And then wow. I also like had like literally from probably like an age, like six to 10, I had like space stuff all over my bedroom like I was I, I just loved it I had a telescope like I used to wake up early and go out and try to see Jupiter or Saturn um but then and also wanted to, be, wanted to be a baseball player as well this is ridiculous Bill <laughs> I swear on my life I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even making this up um, but uh that is grew, amazing growing up in New York uh I was just like I idolized Derek Jeter and when I was like younger uh, I'm a couple years younger than Bill uh when I was younger the Bill's and the Sabres, who were the local teams for me, were both just not very good. Um, Sabres, Sabres had some stretches where they were decent, but I, I fell in love with the Yankees for a lot of reasons. My dad used to like to watch them and then kind of just fell in love with Derek Jeter and his whole story. So I idolized Jeter growing up. And then once it got to like... Man, I did... But, I did too, yeah. Matt. I'm, I just I got to stop <laughs> I was, you. Yeah. I think he we talked my, about this before. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, 
And I, I had incredible. I went to a game and got a, a ball signed by him and everything. I was like the best day of my life when I was I'm, I'm jealous no of that. I'm jealous wow. of that. Yeah. <laughs> I only got to see him play a couple times in person because New York City is far from Buffalo. So we used to go up to Toronto or Cleveland to go see him uh, play. Um, but um, yeah, and then I got to a certain age in high school where I realized I was like pretty good at baseball, but like I was good to be able to go play professionally. Um, and I was like, okay, what can I do now? And I was obsessed with watching sports center. So I always just thought I was going to be like, you know, like Scott Van Pelt sort of deal. Like I'm going to be like, at the time I wanted to be Stuart Scott, RIP um, to a legend. Um, when I was growing up, I used to idolize him and Scott Van Pelt used to do it together. Now SVP is the big guy on the station, but um Either way, I kind of was like, oh, I want to do this. So I started looking into doing sports broadcasting stuff in high school. Um, I ended up doing a lot of behind-the-scenes video work for a couple of classes I took in high school. Um, and then that led me to go uh, explore colleges that had a degree. Like Bill said, oh, hey, I can actually like study this and get a, you know, I can get an actual degree in this field. Um, and then when I got to college at Marquette uh, freshman year, I did a lot of on-air reporting stuff and I just realized it was not that good. Like I was, I just, I talk too fast and I don't articulate as well as I should. Um, so that kind of hindered me, you know, being an on-air personality. Um, and, but at the same time, like I was also still doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And I really liked that too. And I kind of found that as like an avenue that would kind of be the best of both worlds where I could work in sports and like, I kind of like, like kinda, I'm an outgoing personality, but I also like, I'm like really, I like to get in my own like mind and just kind of like work for hours on end, like in silence. So it's like weird how that counters. And that was, that's why video, I think kind of became a best of both worlds thing where I could go out. I could be like that, you know, guy who was like interviewing people and like trying to, you know, get people to talk and like open up. But then I could also have like six hours in an edit bay where I was just like locked in. So that really appealed to me that kind of like counterbalance. Um, and I kind of just ran with that and ended up working for our college's uh, athletic department. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to get an internship with the Rams right out of school. And I worked out, I also worked out in LA for a year and um, with an NFL team though, but I was out in LA and it was cool to be able to have those entertainment uh, avenues that you could film stuff with that the Rams opened up to. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I ended up coming to the Titans uh, just on opportunity and the ability to kind of advance my career. And uh, it's gone pretty well so far, I'd say so. Yeah, but I would say that too. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So, Bill, since Matt already kind of answered this question, I'm just going to ask it to you. So, who were your favorite sports teams growing up? Okay, so, like I said, I grew up in the Chicago area. So, Chicago teams, you know, were, you know, from, from in baseball, it was the Cubs. You know, it's the rivalries between the Cubs and the Sox, right? Who do you, who do you like? Who, who's your team? So, I grew up a Cubs fan. Um, but ironically, I've actually been to more White Sox games. Um, oh, because, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Were they playing the Cubs? <laughs> um, I don't think I ever went to one of those games. I don't ever think I went to a Cubs Sox game, but. Um, Probably because the tickets well, uh, were like good... half off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, a good family friend of ours had uh, was is, is a Sox fan and he had season tickets. So whenever he couldn't go to a game, um, he'd be like, hey, tickets are available. You want to go? So. That's that's how I always went to more Sox games, but uh, but yeah, uh, Cubs fan growing up. So the World Series in 2016 was a uh, you know a huge moment for our family and just obviously the city as a whole. But um, so in baseball, yeah, Cubs fan, basketball, Bulls fan. Um, I was really young at the time when the the Jordan era was uh, you know the Jordan dynasty, but old enough to remember it and like experience the you know that time with uh, you know family and, and friends and, and, and such. Um, 
So Bulls fan, Cubs fan, and then Bears fan, football Bears fan. Um, you know, but no, a handful of Bears games. Um, so yeah, those are those are out of those, those are the three sports that I follow mostly. Um, hockey, you know, Blackhawks fan, but by by design, I guess, since I really don't follow hockey all that much, but you know, if I'm going to root for a team, I'm going to root for the Blackhawks just because they're, you know, a Chicago team. Um, so yeah. And now, uh, now a Titans fan as well. So the Titans 2020 season was unlike any other. We had socially distanced home games and lots of zoom interactions like this one, but we still managed to get, uh, to get to 11 and six and are the ASC South champions for the first time in 12 years. Can you each share if your job was affected by the pandemic and how you had to shift on what you usually do? Yeah, I think like everybody's, you know, just the world, everyone's job had some sort of impact to it. Um, For us, mainly, it was a how do we still create content when we have little to no access to players, right, or to our facilities? Because there was a period of time when we we couldn't go into the, you know, our, the St. Thomas sports park. We couldn't go to the stadium. Um, and the uncertainty, you know, is just how do we do our jobs essentially? How do we create content? Um, and to pivot and to try and, um, you know, fulfill that we basically just went all virtual. I mean, we were fortunate enough to, to have all of our, um, you know, footage and our editing systems and everything like that be cloud-based so where we can work remotely and have access to game footage, have access to our highlights, have access to, you know, any other type of content that we've created in the past. Um, And then one of the biggest things early on in 2020 before the season started was how can we um, continue to make content with, out having access. So it was, well, let's try to repurpose stuff and create it and spin it in a new way that's still engaging, right? So that was a lot of repurposing stuff from 2019 or, you know, engaging with fans more too, right? Since we didn't have access necessarily to our team, um, how can we engage fans still, right? How can we communicate with them and, and you know, make them feel a part as, of the team as uh, they've always been in the past? So those were the two big areas that we... Uh, we really, I think, excelled in, honestly. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You guys nailed it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and you know, it's it's a large undertaking and obviously a team effort as well. So a lot of, you know, brainstorming and thinking of ideas and how we can do it. Um, but I think it went well, you know, just a lot of virtual events, uh, a lot of engagement with our fans, you know, like I said, virtually and repurposing footage and, and, and you know, moments from from years past. So, and then once the season started, you know, we're able to, you know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately have fans in the stadiums and, you know, have new content to kind of mold and, and create for, for the 2020 season. Yeah. And I think too, it included, it, it really helped it to reach more fans around the world, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because you have everything, just opened up into a whole new platform and and for people that can't be there on game days and, and just really would love to, you know, fly and and join us at Nissan Stadium. Um, yeah, you guys really just took it to a whole new level. And as a, as fans, like I said earlier during your intro, the hype videos 
No doubt. We were on pins and needles for that Eddie George hype every Sunday morning at nine o'clock or whenever it's released. And, you know, we're just like, yes, we're going to run through a wall right now. You know, <laughs> come on, I'll go out and play. You know, it was amazing. And you guys That's do awesome. that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the kind, kind words for real. And I mean, I would follow up on what Bill said. Like, I think I mentioned at the beginning that the biggest key is almost to like excelling your industry is like preparation and like, organization like the preparation part of uh the equation kind of got thrown out the window with COVID, which is a crazy part because this like this year we became almost more uh, important in regards to like sending the message out that the organization wants to send out because there's now there's no other way to do it basically besides social media like you know you can't have a big party you can't have you know like you can't have a full stadium for instance like so that was really interesting part of it um that was like, oh, a- as we become more important, we actually had like less to work with sort of deal. Um, but like I said, I rock what Bill is. I think we did a good job of kind of counterbalancing that and finding ways to persevere through that. Um, and yeah, I mean, personally, I was a little different than Bill. I mean, my for three fifths of the season, three quarters of the season, I was like getting w- w- waking up every day and getting a swab, a nasal swab. So that was a different, that was just different. You know what I mean? All of that was different. Um, it definitely upended our world, uh, but I think we had a lot of good. We had a, we were prepared as much as we could be. I feel like for it, and we were able to kind of pivot pretty quickly um, in terms of you know not being able to go into our office every day and you know have access to the coach down the hall. Like I think we were able to do a good job of pivoting. So, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I thought of another question. Is there something that each of you are working on during the off season that you can share with our listener that maybe? you know, can, we can look forward to seeing in the future with the Titans. Is there any one particular project you're working on or just what does your off season look like? Yeah, I think as far as a particular project, it's funny you asked that we we've right now is when we're having meetings to like, to figure these things out. <laughs> Actually little yesterday, yeah. like yesterday it was our call. It was our big call. So right. yeah. Um, but, yeah. But the topics that we have, I mean, we haven't fleshed out or we haven't fully, you know, come up with, uh, uh, you know, concrete ideas, what we're going to do yet in the off season, but you know, the big, the big, uh, areas that we're going to be producing content around is, you know, free agency coming up in, in, a, in a few weeks here. Um, you know, we've got free agents on our team just like, and then, you know, we, whether they're going to resign or go somewhere else, or we're going to get more, you know, free agents from other teams. Um, and then we've got the draft in April. And then what's there's one more. What am I missing, Matt? Yeah, that's the other thing we talked about. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah ske- releasing our schedule. Um, is, it has become a big thing in the NFL to do it in a creative way. So this kid cannot wait. <laughs> is it April yet? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So those three, those three things are in the pipeline uh, in the coming months. But like I said, we're in the process of meeting with our 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 team to figure out what kind of content we're going to produce for that. Um, so not entirely sure yet, but those three things are going to be what you're going to be seeing a lot of on our, on our channels. Yeah. I would say we don't have a particular focus yet. Like we have a few good ideas floating around for all the, especially the schedule release we've kind of delved into that. And we have a couple, a lot of back and forth going on with that kind of, kind of what direction we want to take with it. Um, you know, do we want to go more community based? Do you want to go more uh, like shock value viral based? Do you like, do you want to just include a dot? Like, you know, there's any, any number of different ideas that we're kind of floating out there. So I'd say uh, stay tuned, and uh, once once we kind of figure it out here, I think I think it'll be uh, good, which whatever way we go and whatever direction we choose 
uh, with schedule release. And then, yeah, all of our stuff, it just kind of, it's not, a lot of it's a lot of, a lot of it's played by year. Like we kind of like, for instance, last year, we kind of heard maybe we were going to be an under Davion Clowney. Like, are we, so we made highlights just in preparation of that. Like Bill made a piece, I made a piece. So it just kind of, it's played it by year kind of, you know, we get a little, we'll get a little bit of inside info here and there from uh, Nate about what, what, what kind of direction we're, you know, thinking about going as an organization uh, in terms of that regard. And then a lot of it's kind of, you know, we, we try to be prepared as much as we can, but in the day we still are responding to the market. Like we're still, we, we, we kind of have to take with what happens and run yeah. sort of deal. So yeah, that's what I would say to that. But yeah, I know we're, we're already kind of theorizing about schedule release. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to deliver for you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you're sure you will. So you guys really don't have an off season as it is. This is, you know, the full-time gig 365, 24, seven, there, With the exception of some vacation time. <laughs> I said there's definitely a difference between in-season and off-season yeah. in terms of just like, you know, just your workload and your demands and like, you know, availability, all of that. Uh, so there's there's definitely some difference. And it's obviously a little different now with COVID too. Like, for instance, this past week would have been the combine. Like, Bill and I were there uh, last year, actually, before the pandemic, like, went full force in the U.S. Um, and it was still only kind of over in China, really, in Italy. And uh, so we... We would have been at the combine, um, you know, we would have been some people, sometimes people would go to the draft. Like, you know, so the pandemic has also kind of inhibited a lot of our off season work. Um, so it's kind of, like I said, we have to figure out ways to still have that same reach without having the same access and having the ability to travel and, you know, have a new backdrop for a, a set for a, like for a show, like there's a lot of small details like that, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference between the in season and off season though, for sure. Before we go, I wanted to ask you each, um, and Kason and I were talking about this earlier, what would be one moment for each of you from this season that you are the most proud of that, of the work that you did? Well, I think from a work standpoint, for me, it would be the super fan series you know, that you guys were involved with and that you were part of. We're so grateful for that still. We just, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's fun to, to produce those um, and to, you know, edit and and see the, the reactions from fans. And, but it, it, it's also fun to go out and engage with fans on a personal level, right? You get to know them and you get to know their stories and it's, uh, it's a unique experience, I think, for, for us and for the fans. So those are, I think that series is what I'm most proud of this, this past season. Yeah. But Bill killed it on the editing on that, like a hundred percent, uh, as he always does. Um, I would say I, I do less, like he does more serious. I do a lot more one-off stuff. A couple pieces I really enjoyed, uh, was after Tannehill had, uh, that rushing touchdown against Detroit and he had a pretty big game. Uh, I did like a little air Tannehill highlight, kind of a nod to McNair. Um, and kind of like a, it was a basketball like kind of feel to it. I thought that was I thought that was pretty well delivered. I got a lot of praise from other NFL creatives on that. Um, and uh, I, I'm honestly any of the Derek highlights I did, especially the most recent one for when he won Offensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty easy to cut stuff to Derek because you know he's insane and he just continues to smash records no matter what, whatever way you look. Um, <laughs> We're so glad Hall he's of, ours. <laughs> as I say, a future Hall of Famer, so it's not right? too difficult yeah. to like you know, make stuff for him. So anything I kind of built around him, I think did pretty well this year. Um, I remember after the OT winner against the Ravens, they did like a mama, there goes that man, another little NBA crossover stuff. Um, then NBA does a really good job on social. So I feel like it's a good job to emulate them. And then uh, probably the, like one of the last pieces I did was we licensed a song uh, 
for our never satisfied campaign i made like a, one of the playoff hype videos to that and uh i thought that was i think i did a good job delivering on that so those are probably my three and then i guess the, like fourth wing would be we had jeffrey simmons mic'd up for the bears game when he forced the fumble and that was like um that was probably one of the best mic'd ups i think we've gotten um just because he had such a big he had such a big game and some great reaction stuff in there. So I think that those were, those are some of the fun, mo- more fun moments of the season for me, I would say. Yeah. And I just want to say too, this year, since it was different of the access didn't, we didn't have Matt. So last year, last season, when we had full access, Matt produced all these sounds of the game pieces. So. Oh, and, wow. No, those, miss those. <laughs> in my opinion, are, are awesome. So kudos, kudos to Matt, you know, just Appreciate because that. there would be, a, you know, those would be great. Those are always great. And unfortunately we couldn't do that this year. It sucks too. Cause that's like the most access you almost give to the fans without like, even when you're there, you can't even hear what they're saying. So it, it, that is a cool piece. And hopefully we'll be able to get back to doing that uh, eventually. It was the, a, pr- a product of, you know, I didn't want to have X amount of people on the sideline being close to the bench for obvious reasons. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely would like to bring those back. Those are, those were fun. So fingers crossed for the fall. Yeah. I know, right? Well, there, yeah, Seriously. I think a lot of it seems like there's going to be we're going to be pretty close to full capacity across most sports. At least a lot of college football seems like they're planning for it. So that's amazing. I cannot wait. Yeah. So, Bill and Matt, thank you so much for taking uh, the time today to talk with us. It's been awesome having you guys on. This has been a lot of fun. It, it, it's great catching up with you guys and and you know answering any questions that you have and being a part of this because you know. It's it's fun to hear from you guys and and to see your faces again and also you know just just to you know build more excitement for the season coming up. Yeah, thank you guys for hosting us. Thank you, thank you for having the conversation. It was fun to come on and kind of just discuss what we do. I mean, I know sometimes people think it's pretty cool. Sometimes I think it's kind of boring because I do it all the time. But you know, it's always, <laughs> it's always still fun to talk about a little bit. I guess so. Yeah. Well, you guys are the the behind the scenes magic, in my opinion. You make the magic. Thank Appreciate you. that. So before we go, I have three questions I ask each guest. Are you ready for yours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Okay. What advice would you give your 12-year-old self? Hmm. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, Matt, if you got one, no, no, I gotta think for a sec. I would say 12-year-old self. I, I, I'll go ahead. I got one. Okay. I was I would say don't get discouraged because when I was 12 I was like super I was like I'm still like not tall but I was I was very very short when I was 12 and it used to bother me on the baseball field because I always used to have to play second base and like I thought my arm was stronger than that so I would say don't get discouraged and that was just kind of like I think that's a whole little life yeah. thing like it's good you know, advice you're, you're just 12 mm-hmm. you're 12 you got a lot of time mm-hmm. in front of you yeah I would say, and I'll go. I'll go the academic route here. School's important, obviously, um, but I would focus on your reading skills and your 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 language skills and being able to talk to to people and express yourself through your voice and your language. Because one thing that I've learned is through your entire life, you know, you're going to use read your reading skills and your your be able your your ability to to speak in front of crowds and to talk to other people, either one-on-one or in a group. Um, that's one skill that'll carry across any profession, right? I mean, there's, there's professions that are more math focused. There's professions that are more scientific and, and science-based and there's professions that are more creative, but one skill that's going to carry across anything you do in life 
is your ability to speak and communicate with others. That's excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. And as Kaysen and his brother Trevin are both home still doing remote learning, um, one thing that sometimes they'll each have problems with math and Kaysen in particular, I know that he's learning math from when I was in like ninth grade. And so, and there's no teacher. And and so I'm literally, it's me and Google, you know, just <laughs> trying to learn. And I'm like, I want to just yeah. tell Kaysen, you will never have to learn what A over A <laughs> divided by two yeah. ever. You will never use that ever in your whole life. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> but I can't say that. Yeah, right. your ears. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. No. yeah, right. No, it's it's funny. Yeah, haven't haven't gone through you know, you know all the phases of schooling. There's those classes, or there's or there's those topics you learn. You're like, when am I going to use this? Right? Clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's, it's like is this like one of those apps that kill time just for fun? Like you're yeah. just doing it to kill time. That's so funny. You reference yeah. it as like an app nowadays. I love that. Like that's so good. <laughs> but you're not wrong. But you're like, correct in that though. <laughs> So, Kaysen, I would say the fact that you're doing a podcast and having guests on and talking to them and everything and 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 being able to communicate and you know is is awesome. This is this this is a life skill yeah. in itself that you're doing totally. right now. High five so. with that. Totally. Yeah, so, second that. And we'll give sure. me air high fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> air high fives. <laughs> okay, second question. Was there a mentor or teacher that really inspired you when you were growing up? Yeah, I I have I have two off the top of my head, honestly. Um I would say the first one was probably my uh, eighth grade teacher. Um, she was my English language arts teacher. And uh, she like, at that time when I was going to high school, I was already kind of thinking about what I wanted to sort of, where, what route I kind of wanted to go in life. And she was just super encouraging about like create, like I, it was a lot of creative writing, but I feel like a lot of the creative writing ended up leading to my creativity in like storytelling as a whole. Um, and I, I think that she was a big part of kind of unlocking that and encouraging that. And she was just a great, she was just a great teacher. Honestly, she's probably the best teacher I've ever had. And just the fact that she was the best teacher I've ever had, like really translates well to like just her um, impact on me, like as a whole. Um, and then I had a pretty good professor in, uh, um, high school that was also, uh, had a big impact on me. He was also English language arts, but he ended up actually starting the TV station, uh, he was like the teacher that kind of like spearheaded that and kind of sponsored it. Um, he was big on start, starting the TV station at our high school, which started the year before I got there. So when I got there as a freshman, it was already kind of in place. But like we were kind of the inaugural class sort of deal. Um, and he also taught like a media literacy class. And there's just, he just was big into the media and how that kind of affects society. And he definitely taught me a lot. Um, and uh he was also one of my coaches too. So it was all kind of wrapped into one. Do you so. want to give them shout outs here? What are their names? Yeah, Mr. Masor from St. Francis High School. Shout out to him. And your English teacher? Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Wyeth from Queen of nice. Heaven Elementary. We got to give yes. the shout outs. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Nice. Matt, it's funny. I had a I had a a class just like you you described, like a media and how it's, you know, impacts our culture essentially so I, I took one of those courses in high school too i was like so um, glad that i took in high school honestly because like there was like that in college but even people even then people were like kind of naive to just overall yeah. like how news media worked almost so yeah so i have two teachers i would say when i was in, in fifth grade my fifth grade teacher i just she's just someone that i'll always remember um she was just a really good teacher and really 
you know, friendly and and just a personable teacher who, again, as a, as a fifth grader, um, you just feel comfortable around and you, you learn a lot from. Um, and she was also a diehard Cubs fan. So it was fun to, uh, you know, go into, go into class the other day, you know, the next day after the Cubs won and she'd have, you know, the first 20 minutes just talking about the game and, you know, so That's that was, cool. I just always remember that being fun. So shout out to her. Her name was, was Miss Pels, but I believe now it's, it's Mrs. Fox. I think since she's, she's gotten married. Um, but, and then, and then a high school teacher, it's actually my high school English teacher as well, Matt, her name was, uh, her name is Mrs. Strite and she was really encouraging for like video production. She was an, my English teacher, but like I had mentioned earlier, we'd have projects throughout classes where we would do like a video project. So she was always encouraging to myself, uh, to me and my brother, you know, we had, we had, we had her as the same teacher, but in, you know, different periods in high school, but um, she knew how much we enjoyed it. And she was the one who really encouraged us to, you know, make the video the best that we could um, because she would share it with other, other classes and other, you know, students from, I, I don't know how long she's been showing it, but she's, I think there's this one video that, that uh, we made in high school that she may even be still showing today. I'm not sure as like the example, wow. for the video. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but she, she really, it was, you know, a great teacher, but she also, when I was applying to schools to get into college, she was the one that was, would sit down with me one-on-one and like help me write my essay to get into college. Right. So she was also a, a good mentor on that, on that level as well. So that's really cool. That I is lo- awesome. I love that. It's both, uh, it's almost goes back to what your advice was, Bill, of, of reading and, and language arts. And then you both had mm-hmm. the teachers that you looked up to the most were both English teachers. So that's really cool. I, I think that might speak a little bit to where we're at too, just kind of in our, like what kind of profession we ended up choosing a little bit. Like, I feel like if we're engineers or, you know, it would be a little different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so finally, pizza or steak? I love steak. I love steak so much, but a good slice of pizza, nothing can beat that. Like after a long day, I will take a slice of pizza over anything, honestly. So pizza. Yeah. Pizza for me too. I like steak, like Matt, like Matt said, but um, pizza for me, definitely. Classic Chicago answer. <laughs> now, what are the toppings? <laughs> yeah, I thought I, uh, I kind of, I kind of had a feeling that he would say uh, pizza because he's from Chicago. Say, classic yeah. Chicago answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, well, I, I was just in Chicago, back in Chicago, visiting family uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I made my deep just pizza rounds for sure. You got to hit all the big ones there. So, but as far as toppings go, I like. Uh, pepperoni is my favorite and then sausage is the close second yeah just pretty standard so yeah, I, I, I just like a cheese and pep uh if i'm going a little crazy i'll throw some banana peppers on there i don't i like some peppers on there um anything else i mean eh, i mean i'll give it a go like i don't mind sausage i don't mind like a meatball pizza i actually kind of like a little bit but bad. Yeah, oh yeah meatball pizza is delicious uh, and buffalo chicken pizza oh, as gosh. well that's the, the buffalo side of me yeah that's that's really good um i love that yeah <laughs> you big fan oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of anything. Do, do you do blue cheese or no? Uh, no. Blue cheese based or no? Uh, no, I'm a, I'm more of a ranch kind of guy. More of a ranch, gotcha. Yeah. I, was, I, I do like oh, my yeah. blue cheese based uh, buff chicken pizza that they make that in Buffalo. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I would say just straight up pepperoni is my usual go to. But when I'm feeling frisky, I'll go, uh, <laughs> go some peppers. <laughs> feeling crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right? awesome. <laughs> well, we are looking forward to the time when we can all get together and have some za together. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. 
Why don't you go to a couple of different some, places, some, some, pick your I'll favorite place. Five points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, five five points in Nashville. Shout, Shout out to five, five points. points. Shout out to five points. <laughs> nice. Well, we're again looking forward to some really awesome content from you guys in the future. And um, we just want to say thanks again for joining us. Thanks again and tighten up. Tighten up, guys. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.